Welcome back to Drop a Jew with Malika. I am your host, Malika, and today we have a special guest. Of all our guests we've had, they're all special. But today, I have another thought leader on our show. We have Dr. Norma Hollis of the Norma Hollis Group. She is the Chief Authenticity Advisor, um, and she is going to talk to us about her whole program, some of her life story, and what many of us are struggling to do nowadays is something called Keep It Real. Well, thank you, Malika. It's wonderful to be here. I'm looking forward to um, our spirits connecting and seeing what we can pull out today. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. And this is the second, third time our spirits have connected. But I can tell you, the first time we met, it was truly authentic. <laughs> we were laughing. We were on the phone for a while. And I think that is how it goes, right? <laughs> when you first meet someone who is you're connected to spiritually, um, yes. but also more so the authentic, authenticity of Dr. Hollis was really what connected me to her. And I guess that's the, you know, uh, foundation of our show, right? We're having those real talk conversations um, around self-help, you know, motivation, life issues, relationships, um, diet, spirituality, all these different things. So we have a host of things, that, you know, that we can discuss on our show. And I think um, with Dr. Norma's um, program and framework, all those things are encompassed with being authentic. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. And oh. yeah, I was going to say three times, it's been three times in a week. So that's that's huge. That's a huge thing. And every time it's just great joy together. So yes. Right. So what, what, so what does that say? Three times in a week. So I guess um, I guess we're just going up, right? <laughs> we're going, the elevator goes up. Only goes up. That's right. Right. For sure. For sure. So, so Dr. Hollis, right? Um, <laughs> Tell us about who you are and about what you do, right? Because I can say it, but I want you to kind of <laughs> give us <laughs> why you're here today. Well, I'm all about, as like I said, um, as you said, authenticity and being real. And that journey came to a fold or started really dramatically for me when I was 28. And that's when I realized I had become my parents' version of who they thought a Black woman should be in America, which means married to a man who has a good job, having a good job myself, having a nice car, having a nice house on a hill, all those great things that we talk about. And I had them all at 28. Right. I was miserable. I was miserable though. It was not- Wait, hold on. You me. had all that and you were miserable? I was miserable. I was miserable. Because okay. I didn't, there were some foundational things that I missed, uh, mm -hmm. like really being myself. I was always different than everyone in my family. I mean, I came to the planet talking about what God said, and then what? what are you talking about, girl? So, you know, but and I talked about it in such a matter of fact way, thinking everybody, you know, had that kind of connection. Uh, right. But I learned long time after that, that they didn't. Mm. And I was following my own drummer, if you will. Um, but I was believing that my parents knew what's best for me. You know, we all right. kind of had that belief. And they knew the world as they knew the world. But as I think back, I have to remind myself that my parents could not vote until they were in their 40s. They could oh. they all they could not, you know. I mean, we're all, you know, you guys and me, I'm growing up knowing voting is a part of the thing, you know. So, but it wasn't. And um, and even I found out during COVID that even buying a house, getting a mortgage for a house was not possible until the 60s because they would not allow, that's when the veterans then could get could get loan, get GI, you know, loans for their homes. Yeah. But before then, if you bought property, generally you found some other way to, to finance it. 
because yeah. African-Americans were not allowed to do these right. things. Right, there was redlining, right? Redlining, yes. Yeah. So, but realizing that in our lifetime, that it was in our lifetime that that was still going on is like, it's mind boggling in a sense. And it's also mind boggling to me to see the young people now in college doing the same thing I did in college. What's so me, which means protesting in the same way, being okay. upset about the way the world is, you know, seeing the world in a different way, not understanding the way the world really works. And as the older you get and the more you see that, the more disappointing it is. Um, and particularly now, as you see AI coming in and taking over many jobs, you know, it's just a continuous over and over. So authenticity is not a value that our society holds. Our society seems to hold the value of follow the capitalist uh, perspective that mm -hmm. um, more is better. You got to have more. It's got to be expensive. It's got to be the best, you know, and they, they feed this to you so early that it's hard that it becomes a part of your values without you even realizing it's a part of your value. Yeah. And, and then it really, and then you're struck, you're stuck because you're constantly striving for this value that's not really yours. That's what I found. I found at 28 that I had adopted my parents' values. Mm -hmm. That's what was right for them in, in their age and their generation. But right. it's for more opportunities by the time I became an adult. And my parents didn't have the vision that that would be possible. So they didn't give us much vision. They just right. told us what box to go in. As a matter of fact, I was I was out of college when I realized that my options in college were more than teacher, doctor, dentist, or lawyer. That's all right. that I, you know, and I didn't want to be any one of those, you know. So I chose early childhood, which was a you know a take on it. And my grandfather was a minister, and I admired him so much. I wanted to be a minister, but I was <laughs> no no girls don't become ministers. So I became ah. a. You know, I, I carved my own path. I carved my own authentic path. And it wasn't easy. But at this stage of my life, it is so fulfilling to have paid the price of doing that. Yeah, this is amazing, an amazing story. But also like that epiphany moment that you had and also the epiphany moment that you're having right now, realizing that a lot of things, the more things kind of change, the more they kind of stay the same. Like thinking about, you know, all the protests and things that are going on, you, you've you seen that as well. So kind of seeing it again, it's like kind of full circle in a way. But I think also um, one of the things that you brought up as well is like, you know, our parents want us to be something. And sometimes, and, and, and a lot of times that something is not um, part of, what they actually want for us, but it's part of how we're conditioned by capitalism, right? And yes. we want to have more. You know, I'm a therapist, right? So oftentimes, you know, a lot of times people come to me for therapy or just when I'm working with people and I'm like, we got to get rid of some of that baggage. And yeah. part of that baggage is part of the more factor, thinking we, we're seeking and chasing all these things. And a lot of times people are seeking those things for fulfillment, but realizing they don't realize a lot of things are right here, right? And, right. and so, so a lot of times we're trying to be something we're not, right? And um, this was my first year really on um, social media and I was kind of blown away because I'm like, I'm looking at social media and I'm like, who, like, I'm a real person, right? So, I can tell. <laughs> so sometimes when I log on and stuff, I'm like, what? What is that? Like, like, so the the inauthenticity of what I'm seeing is like, it's scary because I was just talking to someone the other day and I said, you know, you really got to know who you are before you get on social media or just step out into the world. You got to have a sense of identity and things like that. And I said, well, what do you mean? I said, well, because 
if you don't know who you are, right? If you can't be who you are, you don't feel comfortable being who you are, you will, as soon as you walk out your house or turn on social media, you will try to change who you are constantly by all these different influences. And so then you'll be, find yourself becoming something you're not. And that's where that fakeness comes into place. And before you know it, you're a whole nother person. You may even look totally different than who you are. But by the time, you know, a couple months or weeks come, you know, go by. So I think it's it's important for people to, we'll get into this, but be who they are, right? And, and get to know who they are versus all these other material things that folks are seeking. But look at this. I, I just went off on a tangent a little bit, but I thought about that because we're talking about authenticity and we're talking about authentic, what that means. So I'll let you keep going, but I had to throw that out there because our, we live in a world that is constantly trying to change everything about you. Be everything but yourself. That is the message that people get constantly. And that and carries over. It does carry over. And there's no there's no education. You go through the entire school system and there's nowhere in the system where they help you learn who you are. And so you talk about people knowing who they are and people will say, just be authentic. People don't even know where to start with that. And let me just take you back to how we lose our authenticity. And it starts as early as infancy, actually, because really? in infancy, I, do, I, I talk about it also, let's start with preschool. Preschool right. years is when, you know, my first career was early childhood and I directed Head Start programs for my first career. And um, preschool children come to the classroom, they meet their teacher, they, right. they're told, come on in, you know, and there's music over here. You can play music, you can go finger paint, you can right. go on the jungle gym, you have all these choices. And when you feel like going to the bathroom, just go to the bathroom. So right. first of all, the kid comes home, mommy, I can sing, I can play drums. And mommy, who's had a long day, yeah. will make, you know, not thinking, you know, well, that's really nice, you know, but I'm really tired. I have to cook. Why don't you go watch TV and not make so much noise? Mm-hmm. And then the child says, okay, I guess I can't be myself because mommy doesn't like that. And yeah. even before then, in an infant, in infancy, uh, the child has to make a decision between being their authentic self versus attachment, which as you as a therapist, you know how important attachment is, especially as right. you're very, very young. So because if I cry, you know, or if I do certain things, mommy's not happy. And I, mm-hmm. and and instinctively, I need mommy's love. Mommy I can't happy. cry without mommy. So right. we start separating from our authenticity as early as our infancy. And now I understand that psychotherapists uh, collectively are saying that infants now need therapy. I don't think so. It's something else that infants need because the psychotherapy is so based on language and right. they don't even have language. They don't so have that yet. Right, right. They're all in their right brain. Children are born, we're all born with our right brains very intact. So okay. the right, I don't know if you know, I know you know about right and left well, brain. Let's talk about the right brain, right? But yes, before right. we get into right brain, I also want to, when you thought, when you mentioned the children, I thought about how children, I've always been told like, it's the, the kids, the babies that are the, keep it real and older people keep it real. But everything in between is kind of like this mess. Like kids will be honest and tell you the honest truth. And then like, you know, older generation will tell you the honest truth. But everything in between is like, will, will lie, will be, you know, will, will be inauthentic in that way or, or, or never tell you the truth. So I was thinking about when you said like it starts at childhood because children are really typically kind of honest and they're themselves, but 
they're shaped, right, and conditioned through, and we brought up um, capitalism, but capitalism keeps mommy working so hard and so over time when she doesn't have time because she's tired. So that capitalist system kind of trickles down. It's all connected, right? It trickles down it's to the child. And it's also connected when, unfortunately, uh, a lot of women make the decision very early to have children before they even know what the world's about. So these teenage births, even in the 20s, because you don't really understand more about life, you know, sure, you're out of your parents' home, you're grown, but you don't understand what it means to be an adult and what it means to be financially responsible for yourself and someone else until you have had experience doing that. So, yeah. you know, one of the things that I suggest to young people is, you know, don't rush to being an adult. You know, you don't even you don't even have your your foundation until you're in your 30s and really understand what it's really like to really have to earn an income. And then you got to pay up. You got to feed a baby every day. You know, you can go without stuff. You know, you can survive without stuff. But when you have children and then cars and all the other financial obligations, then you're stuck for life. In many cases, your life is already identified. So you yeah. cannot make the freedom of choice of authenticity that you choose to make because now you have responsibilities that you can't run away from. Yeah. So it's yeah. so that's you know it's it's hard to hear for people who've already made that decision, but to help your children and yeah, I don't know. There's no easy answer to all of this um, except making a decision, making the decision. That's we all we all have we got to make some some decisions and some powerful decisions and hopefully you know, folks will understand what kind of decisions they they can make with this information that we're going to present today. Um, so let's get right into it. You started to talk about right brain. And I said, oh, hold on, wait a minute, because people are going to be like, what is she talking about right brain, left brain, all this stuff? What is, so I want you to tell us what is right brain? Like, what, what does that mean when someone says, well, you're operating in the capacity of your right brain or your left brain before you get into all that? What does that mean? And why is that important? Well, essentially, um, there's been a lot of research on brain uh, in the last 50, 60, 70, 80 years that wasn't known before. But uh, there is, your brain has two sides, two hemispheres, they call it. One's a right brain and one's a left brain. Mm -hmm. And now let's talk about uh, right brain is how we are all born with right brain. And what right brain represents are your natural gifts and talents. Okay. So if you look at a baby, they're cooing, they're smiling, their right. eyes are sparkling, they're making noise. It's like they're having a conversation that you can't understand. They are. Because they are having a conversation. So they're having a conversation within their right brain. They're seen okay. in pictures. Even go back to um, ancient Egyptian times. And we communicated with pictures. Hieroglyphics were pictures. Right. Because right. pictures, that's normal. That's natural. That's right brain. Right brain represents our creative skills, our visual skills, our bodily movement, you know, how we are being athletes or dancers, that's all creative stuff. Being out in nature, that's creative. These are all things you're born with. The left brain, on the other hand, is the hemisphere that is linear. Right brain goes creative, goes left, right, up, down. They just go however it feels. Left yeah. brain, straight line, straight line. Linear means straight line. Now, if you think about reading, to read, you have to learn the words. Right. To math, you have to learn about numbers. You are not born able to understand the words. You are not born able to understand the numbers. You are born able to sing, to make noise, to see things in color, to all that. So the left brain kicks in when you're around four years old or so. 
and you start to learn the linear stuff. And as you're learning the linear stuff, the right brain kind of falls to the wayside because Mm -hmm. you have to learn to read to survive. You have to learn to work numbers. Go ahead. But why would we, wait, that doesn't make sense, right? What you're saying makes sense, but why would we want people not to be creative, right? Why would, like, you would, wouldn't we want people to be more creative and, and reinforce and open up that right brain side, right? Instead well, of being... It depends. In a capitalistic society, money is made when people follow orders and follow ah. directions, not when they're creative. If ah. you think about, you know, most parents will tell their children, don't do that creative thing. Don't be music. Don't do your career that because you can't make any money. And in reality, you don't make much money in those. You make money when you follow the rules. And the rules are linear. They're straight line. I want to know what you're doing. I want to be able to assess it. I mean, let's look at, for example, we haven't talked about my grid yet, but intuition, where I have the word sixth sense. We have five, we have six senses. Five are very well known and respected because the visual sight, we all see the same things. We may interpret it differently, but I can control what you're seeing. I can control what you're reading. I can control what you're touching. I can control what you're tasting. I can't control your sixth sense. I can't understand what it's saying to you. I don't understand how you're responding to it. So society cannot control it, which is why one of the reasons why it's not prominent. It's not. You just dropped the jewel. Hold on. Wait a minute now. Hold on. I'm not. Wait a minute. So, so right brain is that creative side. Right. And I'm sitting here like, why don't we want people to be more creative? We should want that. Right. That's creative means create. Right. But then in a capitalist society, we want people. Well, not we as you and I, but in a capitalist society, you want people to follow rules. So you're saying that we can someone who is leading or governing a capitalist society can tell you what you can see. Right. They can kind of control that where you can see, feel, touch those other senses, which you can taste, but they can't control that sixth sense. Ah, so hold on. That makes sense. Wait a minute. Now, hold on. That makes sense, right? I love this. No, seriously. That's, that's crazy. Because now if you can't control my sixth sense, then you'll downplay it, right? Like, oh, that's that's not real. It's wooey-wooey. It's not real. Exactly. Exactly. Pay no, pay no attention to it. You know, And uh, that, that makes us crazy. Then you can't control the authenticity. But But you grow. But that's 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 the common. But, you know, I love the way things work because it's turning its table on the capitalistic society. It now. Is. It because, is. because the AI is taking over all the linear tasks, <laughs> all the routine things are the things that AI is taking over. I'm but not going to lie. You're right. I've been using AI. So now I have time to be more creative. And do other things because I've been using AI for some other things to help me, like my little assistant, right? <laughs> so now I have time to be creative and have that time to have, you know, pay attention to my children and their creative expressions and embrace that versus like, oh, mommy's burnt out and tired, right? <laughs> right, 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 right. It's making a difference. But go ahead. What were you saying about the AI? I want to hear more about the AI and how the t- tables are turning now with AI. Well, the tables are turning because there are the linear jobs the routine follow the instructions jobs are being taken over by AI. As I understand it, as of today, today's environment, there are 30 million jobs worldwide that have been lost to AI. And the expectation is that by 2030, 
it'll be more like 85 million jobs, which means 85 million people will be added to the homeless, the unemployed, the downtrodden, whatever. By but 2030? By 2030. 2030. By two, uh, the estimation right now from several sources is about 85 million people will be displaced or jobless by that time. That's horrible. However, the jobs that require creativity, that require analysis, that AI can't do because it requires strategy and assessment, those jobs will be more popular, like HR people, like CEOs, like teachers, like artists, all those things that are more what about right. Therapists? What about therapists? Are we are we all right? Is AI going yes. to take over therapy? <laughs> no, no, no. They're not not yet. But not give yet. it time. Give it time. But right. not by 2030, at least. That's not the projection. Therapists, right. psychotherapists, psychiatrists, um, and doctors, some of the doctors, you know, will still be some of the some of the surgeries are now already done by AI. I mean, doctors yeah, supervise it, but the AI is doing it in many cases. So, you know, that's the danger. That's what we are putting ourselves in a box uh for. And then you're talking about population is just increasing tremendously. There's some research that says by 2020, um, by the turn of the next century, that there'll be, if we keep like we're doing now, the number of humans on the planet, the weight of the humans will surpass the Earth's ability to sustain them. So you got to be up. We're too heavy for the Earth. Oh man, so it's gonna be, oh, this is, so wait a minute. So this is a connection here. So by 2030, you're saying that potentially they're saying 85 million jobs could be lost to AI. That It could even be more, right? As things are I getting- think, I think it's gonna be more. If it's 30,000 or 30 million already and we're just yeah. a few years in it, it's, yeah. I think it's gonna be more, yeah. And things are getting, and, and honestly, if you look outside sometimes, depending on where you go, it looks like that's happening now, right? Like people are losing jobs and having a tough time. So. This is all connected, right? Because yes, it is. here we go, right? Because this is part of the show that's the valuable part too. And and not just everything else you said was valuable as well, but people want to connect because people are struggling right now and the situations financially for many people aren't the best, right? It, it is dire. Um, but that's where being authentic kicks in, right? Because that's that creative right brain functioning. What's this grid you have behind you? What is this? This grid is a very powerful tool that was downloaded to me. I started working on this when I was 28. And when I, at that time I was in a crisis of what am I gonna do with my life? Mm -hmm. And what I did at that time is I took some time to feel myself. The result was I felt nine different energies flowing through me. Wow. And I researched, I did the research to, to kind of define these energies. Uh, some of them were based on what was given to me at birth. Some were based on, I could relate to some of the uh, astrology and the planets and, and the influence of the planets. Mm -hmm. I looked at uh, Freud and Freud's work with the super ego, ego and id. And just a lot of things I was, I was filtering at that time. And so I ended up with another grid that is animals that represented how I saw myself. So it's, for example, where you see the word intuition there, I had an owl because in my intuition would be more at night when it's quiet and I could receive. The integrity one you see there was a, was a panther. 
at the time I was directing Head Start programs and don't mess with my kids, okay? Because Kathy would come out. <laughs> and the inspiration, for example, was a snail because I was on this long path of being inspired day by day, which took 40, 30 years to create, 40 years to figure out what it is I'm doing, you know, et cetera. So I've had a snail there. So I had an animal for each one. Then I spent 30 years figuring out well, what is all of this? You know, what, how does this come together? And that's when I came up with this grid, the authenticity grid. And essentially wow. what I found, and then I tested it by going around the country in diff 20 different cities in 18 months and tested it with speakers uh, and others and found out that as I saw myself, others saw themselves. And I've just done a lot of research since then and now yeah. it's a full-blown that, program. That back to how I saw, I saw myself in talking to you the first time we met. Um, Dr. Hollis, what you, you described those nine energies. How did you know you were feeling nine energies, right? Like, how did you know? Because sometimes somebody could say, well, maybe I was dealing with anxiety or depression. How did you know what that was? Well, all I can tell you is that uh, I'm very spiritually oriented. I get a lot of spiritual direction in what I'm doing. I did, um, I have, if you know the work of Dr. Howard Gardner, who identified than multiple in, in, multiple uh, uh, gifts of intelligence theory. And in one of his gifts is um, mathematical logical that some of us have. And mm -hmm. I and it doesn't just mean you know numbers, it means you have the ability to problem solve, to see patterns. So mm -hmm. I have the ability to see patterns. So that was one way that helped. Another gift I have is existential, which is the ability to connect with the wooey wooey in such a way. So that combination of gifts, plus my verbal gifts of knowing words and stuff, gave me the skills that I needed to, uh, to dissect myself and to put meaning to it. And as I did it, I was also being guided through experiences that right. reinforced dimension by dimension and led to things to read and things to do. It was really very much a spiritual a guidance that I was given the whole time. And I was led to do certain things and and it's clear to me that 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 was that because now that this is done and i have a whole a whole business around it is when authenticity is popular in the world so it was preparing me to bring this to the world so that the world could become more authentic and i think many of us many of us are given such direction but we poo poo it or and we don't trust it or we're guided in a different way, or our parents lead us somewhere, and we and then we get the babies and the bills, so we can't even take time and figure out stuff. Yes. I didn't have, I never had children. I realized that if I did, I my time to do what I'm here to do, I would not have been able to do. And I've left two husbands because because my work was more important than where the relationship was going, and I could see the uh, one of them required far more time than I could give him because my commitment uh, and my contract, if you will, of being on the planet is to get this job done. And so now, and that's been validated for me. And I think all of us are given, you know, we talk about purpose. We, many people talk about having a purpose in life, but we let go of the purpose because we get ourselves in, in financial binds, in family binds, in emotional binds. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or other kind of, other kind of binds that don't give us the freedom to do yeah. what, what we're here to do. I, I had that knowledge, as I told my parents very young, they didn't believe me, but I just lived my life with what I knew was true to me. I, yeah. I lived my life in authentic ways, following 
what was being told to me through my intuition and my sixth sense and not going so much by society. Now, it hasn't been easy by any means, but, but I've been committed to it. And as a result, I have something, I have a whole organization that, and, yeah. and I have a, a program that I've seen the value it brings. And then by, by doing this, I've gained so much understanding and wisdom that I can share with others to help their journey. And all of this is designed just to make the world a better place, to leave yeah. it when, I, when I'm gone, that enough people are trained in it, are doing it. You know, my, my comment when I started my speaker bureau many years ago, I was the first Black woman on the Bureau for Black Speakers, and I had this, but not as clearly as I have it now. But my right. comment was always that, well, they can't kill all of us. If you think about Dr. Martin Luther King, that was a right brain person, okay? Yes. He was allowing yes. his right brain to lead him, and look where it right. led him. Of course, right. it cost him his life, but look what he left behind and yes. how he inspired so many of us. And so Absolutely. many of us, Maya Angelou, the right brain person. Many people are right brain people, but they find a way to maneuver themselves in society. And that's right. what I'm suggesting for everyone, that you connect with your authentic self, figure right. out what your purpose is. And even if you can't do it to its full fruition, what can you do that relates right. to your purpose? Don't let the job and the, the people that work that you don't get along with anyway, don't let them control your that's life. That's right. I want to go back to that, the journey, right? When you were 28, something happened, right? A lot of things probably happened all and it came together at once, but it took, I, I think sometimes people go through hardship and then they, it, 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 that hardship or feeling like stuck or, or whatever they may go through may completely stop them in their tracks in a way, right? It's hard to see the forest past the trees, what they say, or, or the outlook changes, right? Like, I can't see myself getting out of this, or I feel stuck, whether it's in a bad relationship or bad marriage or a job or, or diff different situations. But something happened. It hit you all at once. And I was thinking about just even in that situation, and I don't know the details of all the things that occurred and you were feeling, right? But it created a feeling, but it's almost like you reframed this hardships or heart, multiple hardships and you, your right brain creatively, right? Reframed all those experiences into something different and you were onto something. I, I wanna ask you, what was the hardest part of this journey? Because 30 years can seem like a long time, right? Someone watching this be like, wow, 30 years? But I don't think it is. But can you tell me what was the hardest part for this journey for you? I'll say there are two parts that were the hardest part. Um, one was, where the heck am I going with this? You know, <laughs> I am blindly following, you know, what I, what I'm being led to do. I have no idea where it's going or right. why I'm doing this. I just know I can't not do it. I even got a point that I was told, uh, spiritually, intuition, whatever, that, you know, you can't even work right now. I just need you to listen and to learn. And mm -hmm. That was a difficult time, particularly. Um, I know I tried to get certain jobs and I couldn't get an interview. I finally got an interview for a tutor job. And I mean, little itty bitty job, you know, with my, all my education and what have you. But I was just delighted. At least I got a job, you know. <laughs> for the interview at noon. I got there at noon. The lady said, oh, Miss Hollis, your appointment was at nine o'clock. I said, what? 
So obviously it was a difference in the time zones or something that right. did not connect, whether my fault, whatever. And I just dropped my head and said, oh, okay, I guess I just can't work. I just got to continue on the path. So that brings me to the second part, which was the hardest was the financial part. Because, mm -hmm. I mean, I wasn't born with a silver spoon in my mouth. I did have some advantages, I will admit that. But throughout the entire journey, because I've been faithful to my assignment, I've never gone without what I need. I have had, I have mortgage, my mortgage has always been paid. Um, I had two properties at one time. Uh, when my car died, I was able to get another car. Um, one year, I survived financially because both of my properties flooded and oh. I got five figure checks. And I had another, someone hit my car. It wasn't damaged. It was just scraped a little bit, just really color on it. And I still got a check. So yeah. I survived that one year on insurance checks. Some, sometimes you don't know where your money's coming. I mean, even, even now, a month ago, uh, my mechanic totaled my car and didn't tell me. And um, my friends would say, well, why aren't you upset? And I wasn't because I knew that there was something. I know how my life goes. And if I'm just okay, it'll be fine. Well, I ended up, the mechanic paid part of my new car. I ended up buying, um, uh, spending only $5,000 on a really nice car. I got very lucky, paid it in full. So now I have no car note and I had enough money left to pay my mortgage for this month. So it's like, you never know where your blessings are coming. That's so rather right. than waste my energy, I could have been upset and upset and then being then can't sleep and then worry and worry. But I no, you know, I just go by my life. I can get Uber. I can run. I can get a, uh, my insurance. Got me a car. The guy that broke that picked the room, the car, got me a car. I was fine. And, yeah. and I still had money left. So right. and my car was valued at, at, at the same amount that I actually more than I actually paid for it originally. So yeah. it all works out if you just stay faithful to what your purpose is, if you know that you know that you know it's your purpose and you stay honest and true with it and be authentic about it, it all works out. It, That's it right. just, yeah. Yeah. I I could I could attest to that. You know, we all go through, you know, um challenges and tests. My dad, that's one thing my dad told me uh, before he passed. He said, you know, everyone's going to be tested. You're going to be tested at least three times a month. And some of that, that's what he said. He put a number and, to it, okay. Yeah, no, he put a number because he said some of the smaller tests once a month, and then he said it's going to be a big one, right? So that big one could be loss of life, loss of income, catastrophe. It could be something, you know, um, emotional, but it will be a bigger one. But then he said it will be some smaller. And as I grew older, I came to, instead of expecting the unexpected, I've, I've learned to expect the unexpected, and that's, help me get through things where I'm not, I'm not even worried. People are like, you're not freaking out. I'm like, no, I'm fine. What's for dinner? <laughs> well, one thing I have learned, and I'll say this for everybody to consider, is I always uh, make sure I have options. So right. I know that, so if this doesn't work, I know I can go here, here, and here. Right now, I'm, uh, we are relaunching my business. I have now an executive team of five people. You know, we're really going, we're getting ready to get big time. And I don't have the money for that, but I am not worried about it because I know it will come. I know, I just, I know, because that's how my life has been. If I just have been faithful and I do what I'm supposed to do yes. and I keep myself options, I know that if plan A doesn't work, I got plan. Now, I don't want to go to plan D 
but it's there if I need it, if all the others, and by the time I get to plan D, I'll have an E, F, and G also. That's right. That's always right. out, there's always options. So Jeanette, never box yourself in. If you That's just right. figure, just in your mind, if this doesn't work, I can do this. And if that That's doesn't right. work, this. Just always have in your mind what your next steps are or what your next options are so that yeah. you can exercise them if you need to. Yeah, but you know what? That's important you say that. But if you can't, if you're stuck in, in the 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 daily motions of the status quo of everything every day, it's hard to be creative to think about options, right? It's right. it's hard. And that goes back to being authentic. And if you if you can step outside of that for a moment, your creative side, that right brain will start to pick up. And so, you yes. know what? I can figure this thing out. You know, I've been doing this for years. Um and you're right. And though, and whoever's listening to this message, those who know, know. When Norm, Dr. Norma just said, those who know, know, it will come. Mm -hmm. And some people say that sounds crazy or, you know, oh, y'all just, you know, making up stuff. All right. Well, that's what the right brain does. It makes up stuff for you that can help you survive. You don't have to go the linear path. The linear path doesn't always work. Linear path is one way. The right yeah. brain gives you multiple ways, gives you options. I love that. I love that. <laughs> and, and, and that's how we're going to do this thing. We're going to go multiple ways. and We're going to get multiple sources of income, right? That's right. Um, that's, that's right, for sure. Um, doc, Dr. Hollis, so tell us more about, let's connect, because I want to hear more about this grid, too, in the back, because I see this keyword likability. All the other words stick out to me, too, but likability. And I think that's a big thing nowadays. Everybody wants to be liked. Is this, what does this likability mean on this grid? It has to do with personality. Let me just stand up and explain the whole grid to you, okay? Let's do that. Let's, let's do that. that. Move my chair out the way so you can That's okay. you So what I learned at 28 is that we all have, that I have, everybody else has three voices. We have an inner voice that no one hears but you. Oh, that's for you to hear. The outer voice is how you're perceived by other people. You walk into a room. People make immediate impression about who you are. They have no idea who you really are, but they make that impression. The expressive voice is who you become in the world, how you live your, their life on a day-to-day -day basis. Those are domains of pillars that make you who you are. Then we have these dynamics on this side horizontally, because we're either either thinking, communicating, or doing, or okay. sometimes multiple of those. So everything in the horizontal on the think are things that were given to you at birth, and how have you developed them? The communicate one is how you show up in the world. And the do is how you go into action to take to make things happen for you. So starting with the inner voice, we have intuition. Intuition, as I mentioned before, is your sixth sense. So that's the voice that's talking to you all the time, that gives you a direction, and it filters through your integrity, which is your values, your value system. So if your intuition is aligned with your values, then you move on it. You're inspired to act on it. Your inspiration okay. versus motivation is what drives you. If it doesn't meet with your values, then you, you know you're not going to do it. You let it go. So right. thinking intuition is given to you at birth. How are you using it? Values is important. You make better decisions when you know your values. Values is one of the things that I think is, well, they're all critical, but values is our, our Achilles heel in society because there's not one value that society as a whole agrees with. Everything okay. is controversial and a problem. And that's one of the challenges we have. Um, 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 who, who are they in war recently? Uh, Ukraine. I think they were so successful because they shared one value. You're not taking my land. And that yeah. made them unite. 
but we don't have a uniting factor in, in our society now. And inspiration is inspiration versus motivation. Motivation is outside coming in. Inspiration is inside coming out. So you want to be more inspired rather than motivated. Motivation is not bad, but unless you're inspired, you don't do anything. Okay. Now, authenticity begins here in the inner voice, but it's strengthened when your outer voice gives the same message. And that's based on that wellness, which is holistic wellness and balance. That has to do with how you look at your body and, and the different things that make you healthy. Now, I'm okay. talking not just about physical and dental health, but nutrition, exercise, mental health, spirituality, the water you drink, the food you eat, all of that. Natural versus chemical, all of that's involved. That's why the word holistic is there, because it's a, it's a strong emphasis on holistic, healthy food natural food, God food, food with seeds, not food that's processed. It's a difference. The that's middle right. of the grid is network, which is relationships. And we talk about the difference between quality versus quantity relationships. You want quality people in your life who know you enough to be real and honest with you. They come from the quantity. You meet a lot of people. Like you and I are quantity, but I think we're quickly becoming quality relationships. That's right, right. I'm your spiritual mother. So <laughs> <laughs> you're my spiritual daughter. That works for me. But network touches every dimension because you can't live in this world without other people. Okay. The bottom one is that well, goes back to um, the quote, not to cut you off, but like mm -hmm. less is more sometimes, right? Like less is more. Yes, yes. Quality is better than quantity. You want quality. You need quantity. Quality in your life. Quantity is great because you need where I, where I take my shoes. You're gonna pick what what grocery store do you suggest? Whatever. But you need quality because. Am I making the right decision? What am I missing? Where's my blind spot? And only a good quality friend can tell you those things. Okay. Bottom one, net wealth. We all, everywhere I go in the world, they say net wealth is money. We've been conditioned. But what we're saying within authenticity is that what net wealth is, net wealth is the um, is um, joy and abundance. How you're living, how you're finding joy in your life. You know, I had my bureau. I met a lot of speakers that are making lots of money who weren't happy who weren't being off stage, who they were on stage. So it's about being authentic that way. And so authenticity, as I begin, as I mentioned, begins in the inner voice, but when the inner and outer give the same message, you're more authentic. We all meet people along the way and you wonder, what's the disc, something not right about them. It's like they're right, saying, right. I'm so happy, but then you can tell they're not. So there's right. a disconnect. So you can tell people that are more authentic because they're connected, giving the same message in different ways. Then the expressive voice is who we have become in the world. And the first part, the thing is, well, this one is up here because of DNA. How do you treat your DNA? This one is up here. You're born with gifts and talents. Do you know them? Do you use them? So when you hear the word legacy, we're, we're conditioned to believe that legacy means what you're leaving for your heirs. What we're talking about legacy here is what you are given at birth. What are the gifts and talents that were put into you at the time of your birth? We look at those in three ways. One is in, in terms of your physical gifts, the body that you're in. One are your spiritual gifts. And one are your wisdom gifts. And that's the work of Dr. Howard Gardner that I mentioned earlier. You can look them up if you look, want to know more about Dr. Howard Gardner. Yeah, because people will wonder how can they figure out what those gifts are, especially being conditioned in a society where it's telling you to forget about those gifts, right, from, the, from, from birth. Right. No, don't forget about them. Develop them and use them. That's that's the, that's the core of who you are. That's, right. that's right. what God gave you when you came here to use to be successful on the planet. Okay, absolutely. And then the likability also is about who you show, how you show up in the world. And that has to do with your connection, your connectivity. 
we have, I have the word personality there, but we're changing that to connectivity, your connection with wow. others, rapport, okay. how you get along with each other. And then the last one is lifestyle, which has to do with your day-to-day -day habits, how you're living your life on a day-to-day -day basis. And yeah. what we suggest to people is that you tweak one thing. You find where your, where your dimensions are strong and where your dimensions are not strong, and you decide on something to tweak. And transformation is a series of tweaks, one tweak at a time. Find one thing to tweak, try it for 30 to 90 days, and then try something else. And then your life will change over time. Yeah. So that, that's the grid. And there is an assessment with the grid. If you go to my website, normahollis.com, and you scroll down to the middle of the page, you'll see some. You'll see one link to explain the grid and another link to take the assessment. It's a free assessment that will help you get a more of an understanding about who you are. All right, normahollis.com. There, there we have it. Dr. Hollis, so it seems like all these different parts of the grid, I love this grid. I think it needs to be put more into business models and also educational models, right? Because if yes. people are conditioned to... Um, you know, to, to live in this capitalist world and, and not be yourself. Well, right now, the, the new thing is being inclusive. And, you know, a lot of businesses and schools and, and um, systems are talking about inclusivity or being anti-oppressive or anti-racist. That is the new language, right, that people are using. But I think, too, there's this thing of, like, we want to be anti racist and, and anti-oppressive, but how can you do that without something, a model to show you how right. not to be like that? And, and, and what I mean is more so like, if people don't even know who they are, how are you going to tell them to be something, not to be something, if they don't even know who they are in general, right? So, so I feel like this model could be used and different type of systems and intuition because um, institutions because you told me that this could be used on a um, a, a coaching level like a one on one um, someone could be coaching someone and mentoring someone using this model and helping them be authentic to bring value into their life but then also there's another level there's three levels to your business that you talked to me about right um, and so I, I want you just to kind of mention those, but I'm just thinking like, this is what's needed. The realness, we're, we're, we're tell, all, I mean, in all these institutions and businesses, we want people to be something, but they don't even know how to be themselves. So shouldn't, shouldn't we start there first, right? And, and I love how, like with all these different nine um, parts on the grid, it starts off with intuition, right? I, I like how that's the top in the, in the left corner. But even though it doesn't, perhaps may not go in exact order, but intuition, and it ends off with lifestyle. And I thought that was an interesting connection as I'm, I'm, I'm always thinking, I guess I'm using my right brain here, right? Yes, you are. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But if you can learn to trust that gut feeling and that voice, you can also learn to change your lifestyle yes. and change your habits to create a different lifestyle for yourself, right? A better lifestyle, an authentic one. And it's, it's hard for me to not be real, be authentic. And I, and I wish there was more of this in the world. But can you tell us how this model, this framework that you have, all this research, so this is not just a, something you made up or, hey, be authentic, be yourself. No, this is not just one of those campaigns. This is something totally different than that. But can you tell me, or do you think like this could be used in these settings I'm talking about? Like, what do you think? 
Oh, without a doubt. You know, my, my assignment is to get this in as many environments as possible. And so that's why I have this executive team now, five people who are assigned to do that and put it out. So we have, um, I've done this in schools and I've done this in China in a, in a college. Uh, wow. And it was so impressive for one young student that she followed me here. She's been here now since 2019, uh, got, her, got her graduate degree, got, got married and is you know, helping me teach this program. I have um, people from South Africa now that are in my training program and from, from South America. Uh, we are, so, yes, we're also now, I'm talking to schools. I'm, I'm trying to get to schools. I've been, schools are hard to get into. I'm talking to some college students um, in, in a couple of weeks uh, to, to introduce some of this. So getting it into schools is important. It's, uh, it's actually a lady wanted me to work with um, some psychotherapists in this because psychotherapists don't get the right brain stuff. They, they're very left brain language from what I understand. Not, not, have, this, one. Have a, uh, not yeah. this one, not this one, but the others maybe, <laughs> but you're right. You know, you know, I, a lot of times I'm a social worker, you know, licensed and, and by trait, like social workers are often taught in, in the school, Hey, you're going to you know, save the world, but you're going to be broke or you should, live this way and this is the only way you can do it this is the only way to be a social worker and i and i try to kind of step outside of that with a lot of people i work with i said you know what it's keyword social and work right <laughs> so let's not forget that there's not one way to do this work right there's right. so many layers and different ways we can do this work but oftentimes sometimes people get stuck and just thinking this is the only way to do it and they get burnt out pretty quickly fairly quickly understood they're and set, that's why they're, it's such a shortage. Yeah. Too, lin too linear, too linear. And people are not linear. Right, right. Okay. But we are seeking, you know, we have three different programs. We have a beginning, an entry-level program that's an online membership program. Okay. That's very affordable and it takes people, all of my programs are online now. My classes are online. So we have that as one option for people mm -hmm. who are just getting started and want to know more about themselves and authenticity. It's okay. very affordable. We have the next, the next string and we're looking for coaches, social workers, teachers, trainers, speakers to learn the system because then we can, they can help me teach it. They can help to teach others uh, yeah. about authenticity. And that's a real critical point that we're at right now. And we're just beginning the process of beginning to take it to, um, to social media. Yeah, I'm meeting with some students in November, uh, college students, to talk to them about authenticity uh, and about my program and about all that. But we're also going into corporate. That's where we really feel we can make the greatest impact. I really want to get with millennials and others who have young children and who are still in the workforce, because if they can bring it to their workforce and you can change what's happening in the workforce, then the same thing can happen with their children, because we change the world by impacting our children and teaching them. What we're talking about all the benefits of authenticity and also in different layers, um, as far as like on an individual level, on a systematic level, um, within corporate trainings and curricula. I mean, many of these systems could definitely benefit from this program. Right, right. But I, but I you know, a lot of times people say, well, we've been fine all along, right? We've been doing this way all along. What is the consequence? What are the consequence of not being authentic on a personal level and a systematic level on a global, you know, a, a national level. What's the consequence? Well, the consequence personally is the health. You know, there's talk, there's much research about how stress 
creates health problems, cancer, strokes, heart attacks, all that stuff. So when you are withholding, when you're holding in who you truly are and not allowing it to come out, all that stuff, and energy, that's energy that's building up and it's creating problems. So on a personal side, there's just the whole health thing. There's also just the, um, the ability to be free enough to, to even raise your children with the right thoughts because you get caught up with that, kid, leave me alone, I got something to do. Like that for alone, you know, that can be eliminated if you can be more authentic. Now, society-wise, the issue with society is that society has not caught, caught up, is not aligned with the evolution of humanity. Because humanity, people are changing. If you've heard about crystal children and rainbow children and, and indigo children. I heard, wait, hold on. This lady walked up to me in the mall one day and she was like, <laughs> she was like, my son, my oldest, he, um, this was years ago. Lady walked, she said, <laughs> she started freaking out. I was like, what the hell is somebody talking? What happened here? She's like, you have an indigo child. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. But what are you talking about? <laughs> so what is that? Like, what, make the connection with that. Well, I don't, know how oh. deep, I don't know how deep you want me to go, but I can get real deep with this. I don't know if you're ready, if you're ready for that. You ready for real deep? I'm ready because I might be a little indigo too. Hopefully. <laughs> well, let me put it to you this way. There, um, historically, and I'm talking about human evolution now, right? So historically, in 1945, when that time frame, when they dropped the bomb, okay, that's when what I call unseen supporters. Unseen supporters are referred to as those energies that are around us whether you call it God or spirit or whatever you might call it. That's when they got kind of concerned and said, them folks on planet Earth are kind of crazy. And while we said we weren't going to interfere with them, we got to do something to, to get that planet to, because if, if they blow up Earth, they blow up, they unpack everything, right? Mm -hmm. And that was a fear. That was a concern. It's still a concern, right? So that's when they began to put different energies into human beings that were born. So people were being born. The first wave of these people came in the late 1940s and 50s. And then it just began to grow. The first wave of them, of which I'm a part of, were the ones that were kind of paving the way. So this is, let me just, you know, get the, go through the brushes and make a way for people to come in here. Then they started bringing in the indigo children. I think they were the first ones, which means that they had more understanding. They had a deeper understanding of humanity. And then the crystal, and these came around the 1970s when the indigo children came. The crystal children came around the late 80s, and now we have the rainbow children. Now, these children can be identified in some ways because they have a whole physical presence that's different. If from a side view, their foreheads go beyond their nose, where ours are more flat, their foreheads go out. And that's because God has put more in their pituitary glands. And I don't understand all of it, but that part of the brain in the front, the frontal lobe, wow. that makes you more spiritual. And you can recognize many of them. Some of them have also the temple. What do you see? Hold on. What I can't see because all I see is bang. So I don't know. <laughs> no, no, you're, you're more flat. You're flat, more like flat. You're not as flat as I am, but you're more on the flat side. You're going to start looking at kids differently than looking at them. Hold on. You're not that. 
but, this is good information, but go ahead. So, uh, so, um, so humanity is evolving. God has evolving us as he always has. You can also look up homo, homo luminous. So we're, we're moving from homo sapiens to homo luminous, which mm -hmm. means we're more illuminated. And that's so that we can, our right brains can be more strong to bring in things like the grid and other things to make a change. But society hasn't changed. If you look at, at, at leadership and you go back to the 19, the 1800s, mm -hmm. when the hierarchical leadership, that's when uh, automation started. They started the train, you know, and they had the assembly lines for the cars, stuff like that. But that's when, uh, when uh, hierarchy said, just do it faster. Make more for me, make more. Then we got to the information age, which was computers. And it's like, go find the answer yourself. And now we're in the empowerment age. So empowerment means let's let everybody bring out their own skills. That mm. was very evident with COVID because people began leaving their jobs. Yeah. Because they said, I'm empowered now. I don't, want, I don't have to work this job. I don't want to make my money this way. I want to go right. do what I want to do. They so, figured it out, yeah. But the school district has not aligned with that. They have not grown with humanity. They have, they're still doing school pretty much when I was in school. And as, I, as your spiritual mother, that was some years ago, okay? <laughs> Could that be why, like, I know a lot of times people are saying, like, there's so much stuff going on in the school systems right now with the youth where it's it's problematic. But obviously, if 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 the system is not changing, but people are, and it's not catching up, that's where all this clashing and conflict could be coming from in these different systems. But let me also say that the system is changing, but not in a way that's healthy. When I finished college and with my degree in early childhood, shortly after that, they did the first study on the effect of TV, of violence on TV on society. And the results clearly show that the more violence that's on TV, the more violence we see in society. And my naive, my naive self said, change TV, they're going to make it better. Well, they did. They made it worse. They, they started putting violence, they put yeah. violence on TV and video games. And so now we're on like third generation of violence on TV. And how many, how many murders are you hearing every year? How many mass murders? I mean, it's just like it's natural now. So society is not keeping up. And even with even right now, we've got AI going in one direction. That's society's evolution. But on the other side, the spiritual side, we're entering a time where we're going to have a, a, a whole thing of consciousness. The new frontier is consciousness, understanding the brain, understanding the right brain, understanding all of that. So, and if we're not careful, they're going to use that information just like they did the violence on TV. As a matter of fact, I talked to some uh, an executive from uh, one of the phone companies who tells me that 20 to 30 years ago, he was in a meeting with their executives and they were discussing how they're going to earn income in the future when communication is done telepathically. So they're very much aware of that and they're already in the trying to understand the consciousness. So knowing that there is a evil or a non-humanity focused uh, effort in, in all the things that happen in society, that's a real concern, just like AI, AI is a concern. So where we're going now, we're in a real critical time in terms of humanity. And if humans don't wake up, they're going to find themselves half human, half man. They're going to have hands that are not their own. They're going to have bio, bio features that are, you know, they're going to be changing how, how humanity is. I mean, who knows? Who knows we're taking? If they're not making us and changing us, I mean, I don't know. I don't have that kind of knowledge, but I know to be cautious 
because these are the things that can happen in the society that we're in. And that's, you know, I'm, I'm glad that you brought and shed, brought light and more attention to this, um, to some of the things you just said. And also like, you're right, you know, we're going one way with the AI, but totally backwards. And you would think, I'm watching, I'm, you know, I sit here and say, why, if you would think all these things that are happening in our society, all the violence, you would think that there would be some type of legislator or some type of, some type of systematic change that says we should not include more of this in TV or in, in visuals for our youth. But I turn on the movies and I see like some of the like evil movies and you know, remember the old movies that was haunted like back in the days and now? I'm like, it's gore, blood, it's more and more and more. I mean, there's more. So that tells me there's an agenda there too. But I think the more important part is recognizing how the consciousness, you know, I like how you brought up telepathic um, how this phone company CEO is talking about how we're going to use telepathic communication. Right. Now, here's people behind the scenes talking about this. But if I talk to someone about this next door to me, they'll tell me I'm crazy. I'm out of crazy. this world. What you talking yeah. about that mumbo jumbo stuff? But this is they're, real. They're on that linear path. They're on the linear path. They only know one way, what they've been told. What they've been told. And that's part of the control factor. And before you know it, when you see movies like um, Get Out or you know, people laugh at that movie. Um, have you ever seen that movie, Get Out? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and there's a lot of stuff in, within that movie. But the context of, like, uploading someone's data and their brain and their consciousness and their spirituality to another body, that right there is interesting to me, right? And if you see it on TV, it's already happening. We if, just it's, if it's on TV, it's happening or about to happen or it's That's been right. happening. So right. I think we done dropped so many jewels today, Dr. Hollis. <laughs> Um, this is this is deep, and um, I'm gonna be checking my foreheads going forward. I'm gonna go home and look at all the kids' foreheads. And say, okay, you must be the rainbow. You must, you must be that. I know one might be an indigo, but uh, <laughs> I love this, Doctor Hollis. All right, now I want to ask you this: If you could drop a jewel, oh, not if, because I know you don't already just drop many, but <laughs> before we leave today. What is the jewel you want to drop to our listeners and our audience? What do you want to say? What do you want to leave before we leave this phone call? Well, well I guess I want to leave a bit of personal uh, advice for them. And that is the importance of your intuition and the importance of really connecting with that, that connection you have with the source that got you here on the planet in the first place. So if you don't feel that you're intuitive, or even if you feel that you are and you want to be more intuitive and you don't know how to do it, think about how you answer yourself every day when you ask yourself these three questions. Okay. You ask yourself in the morning, what time is it? What time is it? You ask yourself, what am I going to wear? What am I going to wear? And you ask several times a day, what am I going to eat? What am I going to I know that's several times. <laughs> okay. So what time, what, what time is it? What am I going to wear? What am I going to eat? What right. is it about these three questions? I want you to listen to how you answer yourself. Mm. How does the answer come? Does it come in your gut? Is it in your heart? Is it a thought? Is it a memory? Is it a taste in your mouth? Is it a feeling? That's a clue for how your intuition speaks to you. Mm. And once you master that, then you build a relationship with that inner voice. When I, when I did that, I was only eight years old. And that started the relationship that has continued all of my life, that has been my guiding source that I trust and believe 
that led me to do the grid and everything else that I do. So that's for everybody. And imagine if you teach your children to get that connection early. And if they can trust that and believe that, what they can do with their life to really make a difference. Because that's what we need. We need to be teaching the young children, a whole new generation, to think differently, to believe differently, to use their right brain, to recognize their gifts and talents, to develop their gifts and talents, and to listen to what it is they're here to do. If we can do that and get critical mass on that, we got it. We changed the world. Wow. That was powerful. That was powerful. So three questions. So those three questions will help someone. If I had to explain it, if I went home to explain this to my kids, right? I said, hey, I want you to ask yourself these three questions, right? What time is it? What are you going to wear? I know they're all going to answer what they're going to eat. Because <laughs> I, <laughs> I got boys. But what what am I telling them with those questions? What, what are they supposed to get out of that? To give them one at a time. And uh, my uncle did this, for example, in his kids, a little different way, but he would have his kids sit down and just think, just sit there for 30 minutes and think. So sit, have them sit down and have to ask them, what do they want to eat? And then have them, don't answer me yet. I want you just to see how you answer that. Do you get a picture in your head? Do you get a taste in your mouth? Ah. Do you get a desire for something? So just begin to examine how they're answering themselves. What what part of those five or six senses? Because the the answers come through your senses. Your five, your six senses is how you communicate, you know, outside of the outside of words. That's so see, see yeah. what's and then help them to tap those senses more effectively. So start with the time with eating, because that's that's real easy. And then maybe next go to dressing or don't don't do all of them. Just and don't say just go do it. Just you know sit down now. And think about what you're going to wear today. Wow. And then the tell time, me how you decided. How does the time bring in the creativity? How's that one? I can see the food. Well, I can see the. Hey, do you ever wake up and just say, you know, I think it's 630 in the morning and you find you're right? Yeah. Or do you, I remember I went uh, with some friends, we went fishing years ago and we had to wake up at five o'clock. I said, I'm like, yeah. They couldn't believe. Okay, y'all, it's five o'clock. Because I, I conditioned myself. I knew that I had that relationship. What you want to do, you want to know how to create a relationship. Every, and all three, all your children might be different. They may respond in different ways. They may get it differently. And so they'll learn to do this. Other. Yeah. But they'll learn how to connect with their inner voice. And then what they can do later, they can test the voice like yeah. I did. So, yeah. so you can ask that voice that, uh, show me this in a week. Now, I'm going to tell you, I don't have it with me, but... I don't have it with me, but I can I can tell you that um, about 10 years ago, my husband at the time bought me a gift. He said he had to buy it. He didn't know why, but it was for me. But something told him to buy it for me. And you know, my color is orange. I dress in orange. This is an orange elephant with red <laughs> socks. What? Okay? With red socks. I will show it to you. I don't, it's upstairs right now. I don't want to, you know, take you back. You know, if you want, I can bring it to you and show you. But that's the gift for me. And so that was like confirmation. 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 Decades later. Decades later. So if you can raise your children that way and help others to do that so that they create that connection, that mm-hmm. spiritual connection with their source at an right. early age, you've done it. And I then teach that to their friends and others or even get a little group and have a have a class do whatever you know you're yeah. creative you're authentic you'll find some ways but if you start that 
and others can start it, we can we can change the world with that. Because it's, yes. it's youth that have to get that early. Yeah. It's hard to change. We've already already in that pattern. But anyways, yeah. But I it's hard. It. It's hard. Like I, I raised my niece, and I tried to give her only gospel music. Okay, and we're in the car one day, or we're, no, we're in the market. She's singing every word to a song. I had no idea she ever heard. Because they still will get in the influence, but you still have to really, it's a hard task because you got so much working against you. But yeah. but it, it's necessary to happen if we want to make a difference in the world. Yeah, and that's what we're doing. That's what we're here for. We have an assignment. Yes. Assignment. Yes, it is. It's a major assignment. And those who are, are supposed to hear this message today, this powerful message, this pow powerful dialogue, they will hear this message, right? Yes. This yes. is a powerful um dialogue and I, I now I get the time one because now I was just sitting here at the time question I was like oh I get it because like you can trust in your intuition then you can say you know you can also feel like with your senses to kind of know what time it is you don't even have to look at the clock and that's how our ancestors sometimes knew what time and stuff it was by you know taste smell hear ear like oh it's about to, like even if someone says it's about to rain ain't no rain in the forecast but you could right. smell it you could feel it right 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 you know right. so um this is very powerful. Dr. Norma, you already told our uh, listeners and you know followers where they can find you, normahollis.com. Any other place where they can find you or how can they connect with you? Is it just through normahollis.com? They can go to LinkedIn. I'm, I'm on LinkedIn a lot and Instagram. Um, so okay. Norma Hollis, or I think, I think LinkedIn might be Norma T. Hollis, but you can find me. I'm on Google. I'm, I'm all over the place nowadays, but normahollis.com is a start to learn more about the work I'm doing. There's a contact form there as well. LinkedIn, or you can do an email to info at normahollis.com. So lots of choices. Yeah. All right, folks. Thank you, Dr. Norma Hollis. Today, thought leader, <laughs> right? Um, you know, I want to wrap up by saying this was, again, powerful. And we look forward to connecting again. We'll see you <laughs> soon. Thank you for, for being here today, Dr. Hollis. And we'll talk soon. It's been a joy. Thank you for having me. And I love your authenticity and your your global and broad perspective. And you are my spiritual daughter. I accept that and I receive it.